Hi, and welcome back to Real Track Talk. I'm Donovan D'Souza from The Long Ways Better. And I'm Mark Pybus from The Life of Pi. Welcome to episode 48. We have part two of our New South Wales special. And welcome back, Alyssa. Hello. As part of The Long Ways Better to talk Mm -hmm. about their Gross Valley adventure. Yeah, which we crazily did immediately after Royal Coast Track. Yep. Yep. So, leaving Otford on the train, how soon were you then back on the track? Um, the next day. Yeah, next day. So, that, that day of Otford, we trained to Central, then from Central trained up into the Blue Mountains, and conveniently, the hotel we had booked um, had its own train station, so Medlow Bath, which was at the Hydro Majestic. Yeah, beautiful hotel if you're into Wes Anderson, it looks like a Wes Anderson hotel. It's like the... Uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. That's <laughs> the one, yeah. It's like the Grand Budapest Hotel. Um, it's like an old Art Deco building. It's and some famed parts, for yeah. um, having hosted like, the first Prime Minister and Conan Doyle. Um, and it's this beautiful Art Deco 1920s right on the edge overlooking... Um, the beautiful cliffs of the Blue Mountains. Mm. And it's just a stunning hotel. Yeah. Yeah. We're very, very happy to be staying there. Yes. Mm. And we got a nice winter midweek rate as well, which I very much appreciate. Yeah, excellent. Um, so we've moved from the coast, obviously, as you said, into the Blue Mountains, which is like hiking Nirvana in New South Wales. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. They're very lucky with what they have over there. Yeah. So this is another two day hike. And involves starting kind of upwards in the Blue Mountains and then you descend down into the valley and then come back up the next day. Yep. And another hike that's easy to access from public transport. Yep. So you mentioned staying at the beautiful hotel that had its own train station. Mm-hmm. How far away from there were you to the trailhead or trackhead? So th- this walk is a little awkward in so far as that yes it is accessible by public transport but if you get off at mount victoria station which is actually only two stops down i think the problem is you have six k's of walking along roads which in the john chapman book is part of his hike suggestion yeah so we were using the john chapman bushwalking in australia book and he suggests you know obviously he's gone but this is convenient for tourists start finish by public transport but you have to walk 6Ks of road. And I think we were maybe a little bit tired at that point, or at least I may be speaking for myself, and you had the brilliant idea of getting an Uber or a taxi, so to speak, Yeah. Um, to take us to the start of the trailhead from our hotel. Yeah, because, well, you know, the long way is better. <laughs> <laughs> if the long way is boring road walking... Yeah. That's not my cup of tea. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good uh, you know trade off. So I understand that one. I'm not going to judge. Slowly, yeah. my mantra of any shortcut is better <laughs> is starting to seep in. Yeah, well, we did, <laughs> we didn't take the important shortcuts. No. Later on, sadly, yes. no. Um, <laughs> when you actually get to the trackhead, it does look very very nice at Victoria Falls Lookout. Yeah, that's basically, you know, like the first 50 metres, you're at a lookout and yeah. you get to look at the valley and it's cool. Yeah, so classic Blue Mountain scenery. And then, so this is looking out over where you're going to be hiking the next couple of days, is that right? Yeah, basically. So 
you get a sense of of how far down you're going as well because you know you're going down into the valley and where the bottom is is where you're walking because you're basically following the gross river for all of this day basically mm. so it's quite a steep descent to begin kind of kind of straight down rocky little rocky steps then mm. switchbacks yeah all the way down until you kind of get we got to a waterfall yeah so you get at the bottom you get to this point where if you turn right, there's a short side trip to some cascades, yep. or what they call a cascade. Proper cascade. But we would call a waterfall. Yep. <laughs> um, you know, that that's like that was already nice. And then you get to Victoria Falls itself, which is amazing. Mm. So. so what's the quality of the trail like heading down? Is it technical? Is it tricky? Or is it fairly even past just in switchback format? I'd say it's even but very narrow and and very eroded in in bits so like it's a bit dangerous in the sense that there's not there's nothing to stop you from falling off the cliff to mm. your death um but it's not like it's a scramble or anything and the view from the falls actually looks very similar to a lot that you'd post about in Queensland from the top of the falls yeah from the top of the falls where you're kind of looking flat you know, kind of edge where the water drops off and then forest and valley. Yeah, it has, it has a very similar feel to, as you say, to like southeast Queensland. And then uh, you get to the bottom and it is very, uh, not weird for a waterfall, but um, unique in that the ledge kind of hollows out a little bit underneath. Yeah, it's like there's a lip that kind of sticks out and then the water falls over oh, the edge. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm looking at everyone... With a quizzical face. <laughs> I do remember now. Yeah, like like that. Yep. Yep. <laughs> like a veil. I think a lot of veils are, are often referenced with waterfalls because of the sheen. Yeah. And there literally yeah, like, is in the Blue Mountains, a bridal veil falls. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But um, yeah, it's really nice. And at the bottom there, it's it's got, again, very Queenslandy, rainforesty feel at the bottom of the Felt falls. like you'd go for a swim if you wanted yeah. But it was too early for us. And too cold. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It is winter in the Blue Mountains where it does snow. Yep. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you're following the, the John Chapman book. Um, so it's, is it a marked trail that is easy, easy to follow or do you need to have some kind of nous to know where it goes at times? Um, it's not marked in the sense of trail markers. You can see a clear pad where people have walked and you can kind of get a sense of where people have moved. And then that along with a map. So essentially, yes, you need a bit of bushwalking experience. You need to have an idea of how to locate yourself in relation to a map and potentially mm. have a compass so that if you got lost, you can pinpoint your place. But um, definitely not one for one who doesn't like following a trail marker. Yeah. yeah, if you're like someone who expects a trail marker every 50 metres, yeah. you'll be sorely disappointed by this walk. However, for the most part, I mean, there is probably about three parts of the walk where we went, oh, where's the trail? Mm. But you have something to follow. And it is basically you keep the river to your left the whole time and you're sweet. So as long as you do that, you're fine. Um, and at the bottom of the falls is kind of an area where you did have a little little bit of trouble trying to locate the track, but eventually found a crossing over yeah. some cascades. Yeah, we saw a marker actually on the other side, but it's just not <laughs> obvious. Yeah. 
Um, especially because obviously other people have... It's like, you know, when you walk the wrong track, the wrong track gets worn twice. Yeah. And so there's a lot of that. We had a few moments yeah. like that. Where we went, up. Oh, clearly someone else did this too. Yep. Nothing up here. Mm. Mm. But once you found your way, it was it was very, very nice. And you kind of at the bottom, almost at the bottom of the valley there and in the nice eucalypt forest um, that will be home for, for the rest of the day. Yep. Yeah. It's a little overgrown. I remember this first part of the section, walking closer into the next campground to uh, Burra Kareen. Kareen. Yeah. Um, I think there'd been a fire at some point near this area. And obviously then the regrowth had come back and it comes back in a way that kind of hides over the path, but yeah, not too bad. I remember a little bit of kind of pushing through the, the vines and the trees. I think as well this area has been managed as a bit of a wilderness, so... Because of that, it is very lightly maintained. So the trail, while it exists, and they, they there's clearly signs where trees have been chopped down that have fallen across the track. It's a very light level of maintenance, not like the previous episode where we talked about Royal Coast Track, where it's, you know, limousine service, basically. Yeah. And you mentioned the, the campsite at Borough Corrine. Is this one of many kind of like ad hoc little campsites? You mentioned they're not yeah, maintained. So, so Borough Corrine's, I think, an official campsite, but very spartan. There's no facilities other than tent sites. Mm. And there actually is a sign that says don't camp underneath the trees. And it's all surrounded by trees, so I don't know what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's a lot of ad hoc ones through the valley mm. where people have set up. And something that, I guess, annoys me a little bit here is that there's a lot of fire pits that have been created. Mm. And, you know, eucalypts aren't the most safe trees to just be having fires. Yeah. And, yes, you know, probably most of the time it's going to be okay. But what happens on a hot day? What happens when it gets out of control and burns through the valley? Mm. So that's something that, you know, there's a reason why they say fuel stove only and people really should get on board with that, I think. Mm. But from here, you kind of follow the river. As you said, you keep it on your left. Um, Mm. It does look actually quite nice here as it gets a lot closer to the river and you have to kind of pick your way through. Yeah, I mean, there's that bit where the trail basically disappears and we had to kind of walk through the water. Yeah, um, that was like straight after the Borough Corain. Yeah. Where obviously there's been a big erosion yep. point and you have to kind of walk through the water to get back onto the path. Yeah. I did did hear that you can cross to the other side of the creek, um, but we just didn't see that route oh. of how to do that. But yeah. it was fine. You know, yeah. Just, we just... We had wet boots for the rest of the day. <laughs> Which dried out pretty fast. Yeah. I remember being very muddy. And there was like some steep sections that were muddy where both of us were very close. Well, you were very close to nearly falling. And you were And actually... I think at one point I fell and then I just gave up and like just slid down. <laughs> <laughs> I think you tried to take a photo, but it didn't come out very well. But I just slid right down through the mud, like a mudslide. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, go with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I think I remember also feeling concerned about falling into the water. Like the path often you could see where it had eroded and kind of like someone had taken a little bite out of the path Mm. and you kind of had to hop over to get back onto the path and right down was like straight into the water. So 
yeah, it's it's definitely not a path where you're just kind of going in a meditative state, looking at the trees. You're watching your footing, and you're making sure you don't make a wrong step to fall off and hurt yourself. Yeah, it's not technical, but it's very active hiking. Like you're you're thinking about it the whole time. And yeah. I think you and I had thought that day was going to go faster, that we were going to pick more speed up, yeah. that we would get to the um, final campsite of the day, Acacia Flats, at a certain time. And we're surprised at how long it was taking us. And I think a big thing was having to really be mindful of our steps. Yeah. Because we're you know, pushing through slightly overgrown track for most of the day and having to watch where, as Alyssa says, there's these drop-offs. Mm. So, you know, that slows you down. Mm. So you mentioned, like, you follow the river, but it's not like you're, like, within a metre or two of the river all the time. You're having to go up and down and you know, steep sections at times. So, yeah, not really a a gentle walk by a river as you'd expect. Yeah. Although I think John Chapman probably says it's gentle. <laughs> well, he, he writes it as, as a medium. Yeah. Um, the, the second day in particular is not a medium. But I think, you know, the, the thing here is that I think on a tourism scale, like this would be considered like expert level. But then on a level where you're talking about the West Arthurs or the Stirling Ridge as the high end, yeah. yes, this would be a medium. Yeah. But you've got to understand what scale you're talking about. Yeah. And John Chapman's always thinking of like that as the extreme end. Yeah. Federation peak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so being a very kind of channeled out valley and canyon area, there are not just the the gross river it's been fed by many many creeks and mm. you do cross quite a few of them during this first day yeah and i think the good thing about them particularly i think the the sort of middle part of this day is that there's a number of them and they act as like signposts because while while i like the scenery it is very samey mm. you know it's a lot of the same sort of eucalypt forest with slightly overgrown understory mm. and these creeks really help you work out where you are and how well we're or not so well we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first one is Crayfish Creek. Is that where we had lunch? Yes. And you were disappointed because you thought we were further along? Yeah, I was. Because <laughs> I, thought, I thought we were at Hat Hill Creek, which is where his, uh, John Chapman makes that the marker for like, here's a good spot for lunch. Yeah, and you, we got to the creek and we're like, this is our lunch spot. And then ate lunch and then kept going and went, oh, that was should have been our lunch spot. But I actually thought Crayfish Creek was a good spot because the, the rocks were like seats. Yeah, it was yeah. perfect. Does it get the name from the uh, aquatic creature? Did you have some nice cray? We no, didn't see any we didn't crayfish. See any. No. Not like, you know, like Queensland where we saw heaps of crayfish in the yeah. waters. Um, but it's a good spot. And the good thing with all these creeks is for the most part, they don't they don't run off from anywhere. Of, Farmland. Yeah. Mm. So you can fill up from them. Although, didn't you say that the actual gross river, it's recommended not to necessarily that's, fill up from? That's correct. So the gross river, because it's being fed by everything... Mm. is that it can come from places that are not clean. Yeah. So if you do fill up from the river itself, definitely treat and I'd say boil. Yeah. And none of the campsites have water sources. So yeah. us filling up with the creeks was us kind of preparing for the rest of the trip. Yeah, for sure. Cool. 
Um, and you meant you had lunch at Crayfish Creek, and not far on is Hat Hill Creek, where John Chapman said, "Great lunch spot." Yep. Um, it's still quite away from here until the campsite. You're only about what four kilometers in from this point. Yeah, basically. Yeah, <laughs> that's about right. Yeah. Um, um, so it's kind of it's a it's a tough eleven kilometers for the day, um, which I think we probably should have mentioned at the start. This is a a shortish day in terms of kilometers, but quite a, an active day in terms of navigation. Yeah, right, not to not compared way. to the next day. <laughs> yeah, I think the next day trumps everything. Yeah, next day is clearer. Oh yeah, but much harder, as you'll find out. Yeah. Mm. So moving away from Hat Hill Creek, um, you get kind of a staple of the eucalyptus forests here, which is the grass trees, which seem to grow everywhere yeah. around Australia where there is eucalypts. Mm. Um, are they similar to the WA grass trees or have they got their own character? Mostly, but there's... Uh, one thing I noticed was that the, the fronds here in Western Australia are more sort of square, whereas mm. this is almost more rectangular in shape. So they they almost are more grass like in that sense. So you can see why, you know, probably the eastern states name everything. They're, oh, yeah. that's a grass tree. <laughs> yeah, we name ours uh, slightly differently. That <laughs> we're not allowed to call them that anymore. No. <laughs> but being in a valley, it doesn't really last that long, and you're back into by the river and kind of overgrown track again. Yeah. Yeah. So dipping in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you've got a bit of muddy terrain here as well, which wasn't really enjoyable <laughs> in terms of the board work you'd uh, come from on the road. Oh, Coast. I don't mind. I think after a while you kind of have to embrace the mud and just get in. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't it wasn't Tasmania levels of mud. No. But still, there was some mud. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then to finish the day, you kind of walk through this uh, blue gum forest, which you enjoyed, Don, because it had the smooth bark um, eucalypts. Yes, um, I, I loved it. It was very much, I think, if you enjoy carry forest or the um, mountain ash, it's that sort of, of feel that you're with these all these tall eucalypts. And they're maybe not quite as tall as either of those two trees, but you know, for, at at a human level, they're certainly large trees, and it's beautiful to see this sort of forest of basically almost one type of tree. Understory is a mix of things, but it's uh, it has a feel like a bit like Boron Up, I think. And we were still walking through some. Kind of, I think there was obviously a vine plant that had taken over some of the understory, mm-hmm. and you're kind of walking through and pushing past some of these vines, and one of my sticks. Um, which I had, so one of my sticks was broken, so I had strapped it to the back of my pack, but it kept getting caught in the vines, mm. and I'd have to kind of like untangle myself, and at some point it t- took the stick mm. and kind of consumed it and mm. it became part of the forest. And it was also trying to take your DNA. Yeah, it kept, <laughs> so it kept like getting stuck in my hair, mm. um, and I was making jokes that slowly the plants are taking parts of DNA off humans to create yep. their own master race. So it could be like little viney Alyssas yep. running around there at Not the moment. Not surprised. Yeah, watch out. They pulled out lots of my hair and pretty sure I've got some nicks on my hand, so plenty of DNA taken. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
the strange thoughts you get when you've been walking for a long time. Yeah. And we also, in, in this section, we filled up our water, which was a bit awkward because the the creek that John Chapman suggested was, was just a, a trickle. Uh, we were like, what? Really? <laughs> this can't be the creek. <laughs> um, and it was the creek, but there was enough water and it was clean. So, I mean, we treated it, but we, and we were able to fill up the, we have like one of those Cedar Summit goon bag style yep. things. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure they call it that, but Hiking <laughs> 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 goon bag. <laughs> um, but basically we were able to, the good thing was we, I didn't have to walk with, you know, six liters of water for the whole day, yeah. just for like two Ks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that wasn't far. Once we kind of hit through the blue gums, wasn't too far until we started getting markers that gave us indication we were close to the, the campsite, which I think by then we were quite happy Yeah. to be getting po- close to a point of rest. And also because we... I think we were a little bit lazy in our morning because, you know, we had we just hiked another hike the day before. So we took our time leaving the hotel and with the shorter daylight hours, we kind of got there and it was coming to sunset because, of course, in a valley, mm. even less light. Yeah. Yeah. So we were starting to get worried that we'd have no light to set up and have our food and all of that camp stuff. Mm-hmm. But we did. Yeah. So, yeah. Just in time. So the campsite is Acacia Flats. How does this rate compared to the campsite on the Royal Coast Track? Better. So and f- much better. And free. Ooh, that, yeah. nice, that makes a lot beautiful better. toilets. Easy to get to. You don't step in a creek. There's no deers make, keeping you up at night. It was a nice, um, huge, expansive campground. Like, they could hold so many people. Yeah. Lots of privacy. I think you could choose a spot where... You could easily be away from lots of other campers if you mm. wanted to kind of have some space to yourself. And the ground wasn't soggy. As no. Well. <laughs> so. And like you said, clearly people had, had lit fires. Mm. There's lots and lots of kind of charred circles of people that have lit wood fire. Mm. Mm. And how many people were staying there with you that night? Uh, it was just us to begin with. And then I think it's close to the sun had just started pretty much gone down we saw this little headlight bobbing up and down in the distance i think a young gentleman walked past us and set up camp somewhere across the other side mm. fairly antisocial. we said hello and it was just a bit of like a Hurr. and then he kept going and we're like okay okay yep yeah. <laughs> cool um yeah good first day nice and manageable even though the short k's kind of were a bit deceiving yeah we yeah. were very lucky. We were saying if if we had have done that 6Ks to begin with from the train station to the start of the track, we could have very well ended up walking in darkness mm. in the last couple of Ks because of us not kind of un- maybe being prepared for the kind of terrain it was, slowing us down. Yeah. And maybe for me as well, I think I might have had a bit of fatigue from having just done the two days mm. on the coast track. Also, we just started late as well. Yeah. Know? So we, we with the with the limited daylight hours, and I think I was thinking sunset. Five at, o'clock. Based on being on top of the, yeah. of the cliffs, not in the valley. So yeah, that really affected us. Yeah. Mm. So grateful that we took that taxi in the end. Yes, very much Because it so. meant we could actually get there with normal daylight. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so moving on to day two, this is slightly longer. Um, and obviously you've descended down into the valley. <laughs> this requires now getting back up to the top. Um, and judging by Alyssa's face at the moment, I'm going to assume and having read this, it's not a very pleasant experience. It's both awesome and the worst at the same time. <laughs> uh, I'll put it this way, like... It, it's the day of all the days that we spent in, in New South Wales. This is the day I remember the most, both because it was absolutely spectacular and also it was... The most painful. Yeah, it was like almost comically difficult. Mm. <laughs> um, there's one point where there's a two-kilometer stretch that has a 500-meter ascent. Uh, I say it's actually less than 2Ks, mm. but... Yeah, within those two cases, 500 meters. Some And some of it is fairly gentle. And then there's bits where it's just straight up. I cried twice on this <laughs> day. <laughs> we laugh now, but uh, there yeah. wasn't much laughing at the time, was there? No. Yeah. Um, so we'll get to that bit a little bit later. We'll, the, the start of the day, being still in the valley, was... Um, Quite pleasant still, just lots of uh, following the river and after packing up your, your camp. Yep. Yeah. Pretty and, much. And it was nice. A bit and, of the similar of the first day. And there was a nice mist through the valley, which gave it a bit of drama. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think it was pretty much, like I said, the same as the first day until you get to the Junction Rock. Yeah. That's, that's sort of where the, the fun really kicked into another gear. Yeah. I think both... The track quality improves from Junction Rock, which initially from the junction point just before it, it's a little bit hard to find. You have to kind of like sidle yourself down next to a waterfall. Mm. And then it's like, oh, there it is. And then you're at Junction Rock. And from Junction Rock, you start to see markers more often. The track is also in a better standard. Um, but this, because this is part of what is known as the Rodriguez Pass track. And the Rodriguez Pass is what we'll be ascending on this day. And you had assured me at this point, because there was a shorter walk up to Govett's Leap from well, Junction there's, there's, Rock. There's two alternate ways we could yep. go. And you said to me Govett's Leap would be the harder one and that Rodriguez Pass would be the easy one. But I, I would like to argue that this is probably not the case. <laughs> Yeah, apparently. Apparently <laughs> it is probably Lies. that one. But I, I was referencing more that the horse track, which goes straight up the face of the mountain, which is the other alternate access point. Can horses do that? No, I don't okay. think so. <laughs> I, don't know wh I don't know why they call it the horse track. Uh, maybe horses did do that, but... Like the goat... Can you imagine sitting on a horse? You probably wouldn't be sitting on the horse if there was a horse. You'd have to almost lie down to get the center of gravity <laughs> towards the front. Yeah. No, I think it would be a terribly dangerous thing to do. Um, but, yeah, the, these these alternate ways are ways to go. But in this instance, I think the long way is better. You know, definitely, you have to take the Rodriguez Pass because it is stunning. It was stunning, but there mm. was multiple points where a shortcut could have been better. Some we'll might say. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> so Donovan has 
suggested that we take the long ways better and up Rodriguez Pass, um, as John Chapman said. Mm. The incline, is it more steps of Kirasongu or is it not too bad? Is it like a step-step and then flat or is it just all To begin with, it's fine. Like, to begin with, it's not that bad. So from Junction Rock onwards, like, you round the corner and it's just, like, undulations. Kind of like the what we had for the previous day, but a bit nicer. It reminded me of the second day on Frenchman's Cap, where it starts nice and easy and lulls you into a false sense of security (laughs) that you can do it, (laughs) and then it really kicks up into just unrelenting stairs that are twice your body height. That's not twice your body height. (laughs) Um, I might be exaggerating. (laughs) So there's a transition point. So I think there's the point where you cross a creek and suddenly it starts becoming more rainforesty. And that's the transition point where I think you enter the nicest part of the day. And you're following along uh, essentially like a waterfall cascading down slowly. It's just a series of these waterfalls that are you know, feeding into the creek. And it it definitely reminded me a lot of the Grand Canyon walk, which we'll talk about later as well, which is um which this branches branches off from the Rodriguez Pass and is a very popular tourist walk. But this was like that if it was really challenging mm-hmm. because so initially you're going up little bits of stairs and it's not that bad. And then we came to a waterfall, which I was hoping was because Beauchamp Falls was the the main feature we were looking for as a signpost. Mm. It wasn't Beauchamp Falls, um, and it meant that we had so much more to go. And then there was that bit where we were looking for the track, and it just disappeared. And uh, like a trail runner ran past us, and then disappeared. <laughs> and then we spent ages trying to find it. Was this the first time that you cried, Alyssa? No. I hadn't cried yet. We were happy at this point. We were thinking this was easy. Well, not easy. We were like, oh, it's not that bad. Mm. We know it's going to be up. This up's not that bad. I think we were a bit concerned. I remember feeling concerned because we were trying to backtrack. We backtracked. We're like, no, the sign's definitely saying this way. The trail runner guy came through here and he's disappeared magically. And then we started climbing up the waterfall and going, surely not. He didn't go this way. This does not feel safe. Yeah, And then uh, we'd seen some kind of weird metal rung kind of giant nails along the top of the waterfall, Mm. not realizing that they were there for grip so you could walk across the top to the other side where there was a marker. So eventually we worked that out and kind of back on our way. But I remember from that point onwards, the game changed. Yeah, I turned around to listen and said, before this day is through, you will know suffering. And that is where... Yeah, it became stare upon stare upon stare, just up. Yeah. And when Alyssa said twice your body height, I think it she means like, you know, it would, the steps are twice what is comfortable. So you're probably stepping at, at steps that are, some of them were like probably higher than your knees. Mm. So you're like, you know, you're <laughs> clambering up. Yeah. Um, mainly because there probably was a step in the middle that's been washed away. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't feel... You can't gain, like, a sense of momentum. You're kind of... 
really working those muscles to push yourself up. Yeah. Yep. And I think it kind of still follows the waterfall. You're kind of still following on the other side. Yeah, the scenery is still, like, magnificent. It was stunning. So lots of great chances to stop and have a breath and just take in the the beautiful scenery. Mm. Kind of mossy and waterfall and nice trees. So after a little bit of a, a respite, you hit um, an area which doesn't look like the right way to go, but you follow into kind of a little cave. Yeah, so... We, you know, there were all these markers and it was quite clearly marked and I was a little bit ahead of Alyssa and I went through and I was like, oh, this looks cool. There's a little passageway. And then it looked like there were just boulders collapsed through the passageway. Mm -hmm. I thought, there's an arrow pointing straight through. So I climbed through that and I got to the other end and went, oh, this is not the right way to go. <laughs> Whereas I think I got to that point and I was very confused about where I was supposed to go and I could see you up ahead and you said, just follow the markers. And I went, I must have gone the official way. Yeah, you must have found so, the actual markers. Yeah, so I went, oh, there's a marker and must have happened to have seen the right one yep. and went up and around it. So what we worked out was this was the official way, but um, a few years ago, I think about seven years ago, there was a major... Uh, landslide mm. and this bit here just collapsed and so I walked up through the landslide section because I'd already climbed through all the rocks and just went stuff it I can see Alyssa's up there mm. I'm confident in my scrambling abilities I'll just scramble up to where Alyssa is um, so was this the the short way or was this the long way the hard way the, hard way, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> the unofficial way yeah, yeah. Um, but then you are quite near Beauchamp Falls, which very pretty uh, marker for the day and yeah. inspired you to uh, keep going. Yeah, it's only like, you know, 20 metres from where I'd gotten off the track. And there it is on the side there and coming down the down the cliffs. And then, yeah, we continued on our way up and reached an interesting point where there's a cable along the the wall mm. which you were fine with i was yeah. really surprised because i i'm not great with heights so i think you went you anticipated me being really scared and nervous but i don't know it just didn't i feel like after everything we'd already done and all the edge walking we'd already done kind of the second day the first day sorry yeah i think i was just like just be done with this let's keep going so i didn't even think about it and just mm. walked 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 Whereas I actually was more scared because I had an arm pack on and so I had to be a bit further away from the rope than I would have wanted. Mm. So I was sort of a bit further out and the ledge basically, what's happened here is there's been a landslide and all you have is this very narrow sloping bit of land to walk on and hold on to the railing. And it's not super bad. But if you're further out, it doesn't feel very nice because you're not... Your centre of gravity is not in a safe kind yeah. of exactly. position. So it felt a lot scarier for me, um, whereas you were like, meh, eh, this is fine. Let's keep going. Which is surprising. I hadn't cried yet. <laughs> um, yeah, so after the, the eroded part, you get closer to the Grand Canyon yeah. section where this it gets where a all lot the, nicer. The moss starts looking like Muppets. Yeah, so yeah. more classic Blue Mountains kind of scenery that you'd expect. Mm. Sort of the 
the the canyon style of scenery that is common to the Blue Mountains. And we saw something... a lyrebird, didn't we? Yeah, we did. That well, that was earlier on. Was it? Yeah, that was earlier on. Oh. Um, but the, this is sort of that classic Blue Mountains that you see in the valleys that not a lot of people see. Because I think a lot of people, you know, they go to the Blue Mountains and they get their their snap of the Three Sisters and that's their engagement. Mm. But really the rainforest bits, I think, in the canyons are the nicest parts. Um, and this bit here, you join on to the Grand Canyon and it's basically a branch off that joins on. Um, and you get very much the same kind of scenery. And it's not very long from there until you actually are on the Grand Canyon walk itself. Mm. Yeah, it's very, very Tasmanian looking and the, the ferns and the mosses and the the overgrown trees. It looks very, very nice. Almost like otherworldly, like ancient otherworldly kind Fern of Gully fantasy. Fern yeah. comes to mind. Yeah. It's, um, so the Grand Canyon, which we'll, I guess we can talk about here, is a 6K walk of, of its own. And so the this where the Rodriguez Pass joins on, you can go left instead and go on the Grand Canyon. And this walk is uh, the standard. As soon as you join onto it, you realize you're on a tourist track. And they've spent, for a 6K walk, they spent like $4.5 million recently upgrading it. Mm. Partly the difficulty is that because it is in a canyon, the track work is very difficult. So I would I would really recommend this. This is probably one of my favorite day um, hikes. Day hikes. If I I was thinking if I was ever going to do a day hike again and again, it would probably be this one. Yeah, it's got everything. Yeah, and it's, it's just constantly it's, changing and stunning for yeah. the whole thing. But on this particular day, it involved lots more steps. Yeah, we sadly get the second half of, of it, yeah. which is basically the steps up and out of the Grand Canyon, which is where the feeling of crying began to creep in. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate on this a little bit more? Because in such a stunning area, why did you decide to not enjoy the experience? I was enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. I think it's to, it was, so it's this kind of staircase where you think you're done, but you're not done. And then it, it, cause you're going up and up and out of the valley and then it kind of breaks to this kind of bushland bit that makes you feel like you're about to hit a car park and then it keeps going again. <laughs> mm. And I think that it's the expectation versus reality is you hoping mm. that you're finished and hoping that you get a break and that the stairs are done and that this big momentous kind of up that I had prepared for was finally over and I had conquered it, but it hadn't. So I think that was what usually, and I was tired, so emotionally kind of compromised. Mm. Um, but I think I, I cried in relief when I finally got to the actual car park because my legs were screaming and I finally got to the top bit. So it was more, it was less of a, I hate this mm. and a more of a, it's over. Yeah. So tears of joy. So not really. Yeah. yeah. I cried at the end of Frenchman's cap as well. Don wanted to take a photo of me like all happy and like, yay, we did it. And I just burst into tears because I was like, <laughs> it's finished. Yeah. I can let go now. <laughs> I was like holding on everything just to push through. And I think you kind of, I don't know, I gear up and I mentally have to like really 
lockdown to like push through and conquer something that I'm scared of. So sometimes when you finish it and you're finally done, it's just this big relief and sigh and mm. tears happen. Yeah, mm. That's not so bad then. No, it yeah. wasn't like a... I think the second time was that I cried was because, again, I thought we were finished with steps and we hadn't finished mm. with steps. Mm. And then we had to walk into town. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, so the, there is more walking to do after this, but at least we got to see the Rosella, which was, oh, was a really nice treat for you at the end there. Yep. Yeah. And also we, we were looking over the, the edge of the valley at um, at where we'd come from and you get a real sense to go like, oh, wow, mm. that, that at the very bottom there yeah. was where we were walking. Mm. So that's at the Evans Lookout, which is classic Blue Mountains lookout. Yeah. Where you've got like the, the yellow cliffs and then just forest leading all the way and down blue to the haze. valley. Yeah. Mm. Um, and you mentioned you had to walk all the way into town. Was there no Uber that you could call? So here? what? This is where I said shortcuts could have been better. <laughs> we could have just finished Evans, called an Uber. But that's not where it finishes. Gotten back to the hotel early, had a drink. <laughs> so you've got to finish at Govert's Leap at least, you know? So, like, I understand that not walking through town bit, but you have to at least walk to the, the end. Because here you get a bit of a different take on the same scenery in that you're walking along the cliff top. So there's a track called the Cliff Top Track. And that goes along the top of the cliffs, as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, and here there were more steps than... Yeah, an old lady overtook me, if that <laughs> says anything about how slow I was at this point. My legs were really tired. And it's been, I think because it was four days of hiking with our pack, mm. with our last day that was very challenging. And I don't think I'd trained enough to do uphill walking. So I was really feeling it by this point. And this really cute little old lady, like, bustled past me. And, yeah. Yeah. So I think by this point, I was very slow. And you were probably frustrated at me. Slightly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the it finishes, and you know, it goes across a waterfall. And, you know, by this stage, it's like, yeah, another waterfall. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, it, we'd actually done this bit before as well, because I, I wanted to see this waterfall... Um, Got a sleep waterfall? Yeah, in our 2015 holiday. Mm. Um, and so we knew when we got to there that there was only a little bit left until we reached the end. And yes, it wasn't very far. We got to the Gubbett Sleep lookout, got to get that final view. And then we walked to the, the visitor center. We just missed the bus. Yeah, by literally about 15 minutes. So the next wow. option was order a taxi just for a tiny little bit to get into town or just walk into town, which by that point I was like, ah, screw it. We've walked this far. Yeah. Well, what's another like couple of Ks? Yeah. But, um, which also had hills. Yeah. But that was fine. There was a pie. You'd already Googled pie shop. Yeah. I, I knew which pies I wanted <laughs> and um, we got them. Yeah. So another, again, a bit slow walking in, but eventually we got there. Yes, to the the bakehouse on Wentworth, oh, I believe it was. I had like a ten on a plate, and they were outstanding. Best they pie, were so good. Oh. <laughs> yeah. And I think we were, yeah, just happy to be sitting down and be done. Yep. Went and to a liquor store, got some wine. Yep. And I was a... so happy to go back to the Hydra Majestic. Yep. And take off my my shoes, which were because we'd walked through puddles earlier in the day. Like my feet were just wrecked mm. by the end of it. 
Understandable. So, really nice two-day walk. Yeah. Um, capping off. Um, this wasn't your last hike for the, the holiday, but it was uh, your last overnight hike. Yeah. Um, very different experience to the roller coast track. Yeah, much more of a wilderness experience mm. than, than the coast track. Um, would this be one that you would recommend um, to every hiker or just one that kind of an experienced hiker that was looking for somewhat of a challenge, especially on the second day? Yeah, I'd say definitely experienced hikers. Um, but both people who really like scenery and a challenge, um, probably masochistic hikers as well for the you know the punishment of, of having to get out of the valley. Mm. Uh, I think it's worth it. Um, I th- did you think it was worth? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was hard, but it was worth it. Yeah. Um, I know having, I stopped to talk to a lot of people pretty much from the, um, Grand Canyon onwards. There was lots and lots of people walking past and often them, they'd see you with your pack and ask you what you'd been doing. Mm. Um, a lot of people had asked about Rodriguez Pass and were like, whoa, that's, that's, that's a hard one. And quite a few people had done it previously just as a day hike. So it sounds like it's quite a popular down and up hike as well. If you want something quite challenging, yeah. that's just stunning. Because there's multiple well. ways to enter the valley. So you can walk straight to the Blue Gums from Perry's Look Down, or you could use the Govett Sleep Track. So there's multiple ways to make shorter versions. So if you really just wanted to see the spectacular part from Junction Rock onwards, mm. you could do it as a day hike. But I think it's nice to do it as a as an overnight so that you can really immerse yourself in it. Um, I think it's a very nice walk. I wouldn't say it's, it's a great walk in the sense of that genre where everything's all perfectly, you know, manicured and, and yeah. nice. But certainly it has a great wilderness feel to it and that yeah as i said you know that second day is the day i remember the most of all all the days of hiking that we did in new south wales excellent so that wraps up uh the two-part new south wales series of a couple of overnight hikes um thank you very much everyone for listening yes and uh, thank you Alyssa, for coming in my pleasure If you had any questions or suggestions for future episodes, you can email us at realtrailtalk at gmail.com. And if you've been enjoying this podcast or any other episodes of the series, um, please give us a rating on Podbean or iTunes or any of the other platforms you've been listening to us on. Thank you for listening. And normally here I'd say we'd be back in two weeks. However, Mark and I are taking a short break due to us both being out and about doing some hiking in what is now peak hiking season in WA. But never fear, we shall be back shortly, so stay tuned.